0: welcome to the instinctive influencers podcast a show where influence becomes one of your tools for success now here are your
1: hosts brian weber and ed haley hi i'm brian and i am ed
0: it's that i don't know if everybody knows this That that's ed uh he he's been <laughs> on the show a few times um We've missed him because he's been super busy, like crazy busy, man. It's, it's, man, it's, it was good to get to chat with you before the show, but um, what can you fill in our audience? Let them know how busy you were, man.
1: Um, well, I mean, if you watch the news. <laughs> yeah. Watch, uh, yeah. So on top of, I travel a lot for work. So on top of that, uh, we have this uh, Operation Allied Refuge going on, right? So yeah. <sighs> Bringing, bringing the folks from Afghanistan, but uh, Ramstein is one of the hubs in Europe. So, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of them are coming from out of that region and into Ramstein before their onward right. movement to wherever their safe haven or whatever is going to be. So right. tents had to be built and facilities. And then on top of that, then we got to give them stuff and receive them. And so there's a lot of uh, all hands on decks. So we tried. My first time tried to run shifts, you know, uh, didn't work out well. Shifts turned into, yeah, we need everybody because just the flights were coming quicker than the facilities were getting built. Uh, Mm. very, very, very busy with that. And hopefully, you know, I believe we're going to talk about something about that in the future and kind of how it all works.
0: Next Uh, show, man, next show. We're going to hit, we're going to hit upon stuff like that.
1: Yeah. So yeah, just, uh, that and then you know your day-to-day and then the travel for work i
0: mean
1: yeah <sighs> i mean you went over
0: you you went over your travel you kind of went over your travel schedule with me a few minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. like when did you stop traveling man and that's why uh, i brought up like a freaking flyer mouse <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: stop traveling when i go on when i travel to the states i get to take some time from traveling for a few weeks so
0: oh yeah yeah, yeah. that's right It's gonna head yeah. november december yeah.
1: Yeah. Dang, man. Yeah. Go see my sister get married.
0: Yeah. That's it, so that'd be, hey.
1: be interesting. This is the first time I've been to a, one of our weddings. I oh, guess yeah. that's not well, nice to say.
0: Well, this would be the first, like, when was that? Like, the last time you went to the States was when for your cousin, wasn't it?
1: It was February of 19. Yeah. So, so here we are, August of 21. <laughs> yeah.
0: Wow, bro. That's, it's been a while. Yeah. I get you. Yeah. yeah. We, well, you know, Michelle and I, we have not been back to Tennessee since we left. And it's almost, it'll be just about two years since we've been back. Well, I'm going to need
1: y'all to remedy that because that may be my final destination uh, upon (laughs) retiring. So we're going to need that to get fixed. (laughs) Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, believe me,
0: we're going to retire there one day. That's where we're going to live when we're done because that's (laughs) her home, my home. We, you know, it's just, man, I mean. I, I don't know if many of you listeners have ever been to that area of Tennessee, like the Nashville area, the outskirts, just all those. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's such a nice area. And if you want to go, so you want to go to Florida, you want to go to the East coast, you want to go straight down to the Gulf coast it's not it doesn't take long at all like six seven no. hours and you're there if you're driving if you're flying it's like two hour flights yeah we um, used to drive
1: down to the gulf coast the wife and i from that area we used to drive down to panama city mm-hmm. beach area and i mean older, yeah. so we would stop in alabama and stay tonight. night but uh, at maxwell air force base we used to stay tonight night just because like after a while yeah. i can't i'd only drive in five six seven hours but no, uh, man, yeah, no. so it's easy. So it's it's very high. So our list pretty much goes from uh, just north of the Clarksville area, mm-hmm. all the way south as far as Panama City. So that's north south. That's our limit. And then that's your, from that's a pretty big limit. <laughs> Tallahassee to Destin, Florida. So it's narrow. It's long, but it's a narrow limit. Ah, <laughs> uh,
0: okay. So we'll basically, it, we'll call- Tennessee,
1: Alabama, or Florida panhandle is the final stop.
0: The, the the haley op, uh area of operations got gotcha. you yeah no i get you yeah hey, man I get <laughs> totally get you man yeah, yeah so. well. all right hey so uh we haven't been on in a while you you know i did a I did an episode without you because you couldn't be on and it was it was it, it, it wasn't too bad i want to say and i think then we did another we did the styles of leadership right um yeah but then we're going to get into a topic. It's like we do a lot of things that deals with leadership, but we haven't really focused so much on the follower or or, or the subordinate of it. And yeah. that's what we got here today is we're going to actually look at subordinate type stuff, which I, I like this article, this article. I've read it multiple times. I, I think I remember reading it when it first came out. Yeah. Like May 2018 is when this guy wrote this. Um. And it was actually written by, it was written by a Command Sergeant Major um, He was part of the Asymmetric Warfare Group, I guess. Uh, but it's it's called, you know, and the, this article, uh, for those of you out there, if you were listening, this article can be found in the NCO Journal. Um, it's, it's a good, actually, I like a lot of stuff they've been putting in there. It seems like it's really building and becoming better over the years. Yeah. Um, but it, this one's called Followership, Avoiding Being a Toxic Subordinate. Uh, before we jump into it, Ed, when you think of that, you, you, you think of that followership, avoid being a toxic, what are, you, what are some of the thoughts that come to mind?
1: Well, you know, the army and the military, whatever, we, we've we spent a lot of time focusing on toxic leadership. And it's become such a common thing to hear, oh, they're toxic or their leadership style is toxic. We've talked about it on here and there's tons of articles about it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think when you talk about the followership, it's it's another way of looking at it and Yes. And it feeds into the general, like military, or I keep wanting to say military, but it feeds into a leadership kind of model, right? Like you have mm-hmm. your toxic leaders, but you have your toxic followers too. And I think throughout our long, lengthy, lengthy, lengthy careers, uh, both of us have probably encountered quite a few of these. I've also seen ones who I would classify as being a toxic follower, but flip the script and then become a great leader. Uh, yes. Over time and space, they learn from their. So I think that that's important. I do remember not this article, but I remember this was starting to become a thing around uh, when I went to the Master Leader Course, which was, poop. 2018. 2018. Yeah, I do remember this becoming a thing. Like the discussion of okay, the leaders talks, but what about the followers? And it's yes. not a finger pointing exercise and by no means. And I think we're going to learn that today. Oh,
0: absolutely. In, in, so wrapping it up into a ball right now, I this is what I think. One, I love this article and what it brings to brings to the forefront. But there's some things I disagree with, some things I do agree with. Mm-hmm. One of the things I do see in this head is I feel myself in some of this. Like as if I was the one being the toxic subordinate or not <laughs> not being a good subordinate. And even today, I'm like, I think to myself, am I acting? in a manner that is worthy of that, you know, or is it's kind of like worthy of being a good subordinate or bad subordinate? So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty stoked about getting into this one. Uh, I think it, I think what we're going to see here is people will probably identify the same thing and what I hope we can do, not only identify things, but also offer up some solutions or ways of looking at things. How about a different point of view or perspective that'll help people kind of, you know, get through those, uh, those rough waters. All right, yeah. so let's uh, let's start right off the bat. I wanted to read what he had wrote in here in the very beginning, um, and, and it talks about bad leaders and bad followers. Uh, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna use the terms uh, organization instead of saying U.S. Army stuff like that, uh, just so you guys are. You know, I'll say it now. Um, you know, obviously, the opinions that Ed and I have are not representation of the U.S. Army, but we hope to represent our families and our lifestyles uh, to the best we can, and that people will be proud of. So, um, so right off the bat, where he says here, he talks about bad leaders and followers. Search the internet for the term "toxic leader," and you find a host of definitions and articles. Now, I mean, there's one that we've shared back and forth. Um, the typically, uh, th- they typically involve an abusive personal attribute, a misplaced sense of entitlement, a lack of uh, competence, understanding the ability to uh, build a positive command climate. So a toxic subordinate, though, it ought to have an equal place when discussing leadership and organizational values because, as stated previously, every leader is a follower. Um, mm-hmm. So he, you know, and that's the whole point. It's like, if you think about it, what he talks about here, Ed is, and I'm going to go over the definition, what his definition of toxic uh, subordinate is. But um, <clears throat> he's talking about is like, especially in our career field, uh, everyone has a boss. Everyone from the yep. most junior person to the most senior person, we all the way through. There's no one in our chain that ha- doesn't have a boss. If you think about it, so we have to be a subordinate of some sorts to someone. Um, and then he goes into basically what, what a definition of a a toxic subordinate might be basically is someone who exhibits, uh, mannerisms detrimental to a positive climate, readiness, esprit de corps and Hmm. the values and who influences others to follow their errant lead. So basically it's kind of like, uh, being kind of corrupt inside or just kind of like you know that that feeling of things you know what I mean um that's kind of what I got from that uh what are you thinking
1: yeah I, I think you're right and there's and it's funny too because you know I, as I go through the article i'm like oh mm, i may have done that before but you get you learn and, and, and you grow but yeah i, I think it's interesting and, and we've talked about the sphere of influence of soldiers before and you know sometimes you have that person in your organization who just for whatever reason, whether it be their charisma or just like, you know, th- just their personality, they make people want to gravitate to them. And then if they're a toxic type of, uh, of follower, then they could spread that toxicity throughout your organization and harm your your overall command cult, climate, your culture of the organization. So they can have quite the impact. So mm-hmm. I think that's why it's very important to understand. You know about what
0: we're yeah. talking about today with the toxic followership yeah and then it's it and really what it comes at like you for instance you said uh sometimes you they go on you know like untouched they just get worse and that's like one of those things that that like i know one of the things i look for and when i go to an organization is i look for those in those uh informal leaders. Yes. Because that's <laughs> yeah, we if you if you let an informal leader stay too far informal and don't like, you know, kind of get them involved and have them doing things, then they do turn into that toxic subordinate. That's why wow, I, yeah. I mean I've seen it, you know, because why they don't feel that normally it's because they don't feel appreciated, right? Or right. they don't feel as if though they're being they feel like they're underutilized or things like that. But what they do instead of um instead of like kind of go in the flow of things they rebel you know and it's like mm-hmm. oh, okay why are you acting like this man you know that type of thing so um you want to get us started on uh this this next part where basically it's when uh when to be when you become a toxic subordinate give us that first one
1: all right so the first one is i mean i don't think this one's uh, too too far off, I think it's pretty easy to understand without even going into what the uh, author says. But mm-hmm. engagement in illegal, immoral, or unethical behaviors. I mean, I think that goes without saying, right? Like, right. Uh, a- as the follower, if they're engaging in these things, then do the, you, you know, especially if you overlook them, then their, their toxicity is just spread to you. And we, we know that it's not easy. I think as a junior um, leader, a new leader, this is one of the things you kind of struggle with. You know somebody's doing something wrong, but you mm-hmm. don't want to stop it. And at that point now you've compromised yourself and you've become toxic in a way, whether you be the leader or the, the subordinate, even. I mean, I, I was in a, a section with several people and I know that they were doing the wrong thing. Um but, you know, I didn't, you go along to get along rather than address that wrong thing. But you're now part of the problem, Brian. Uh, at least that's mm-hmm. how I see it. And again, as I said, we've all, not even say all, but I have been guilty of a few of these things. And this is one, I'm telling you, these dudes, I knew they were doing the wrong thing. I didn't want to make waves. I went along to get along, and it was the absolute wrong thing to do.
0: Turning that blind eye, right? Yeah. Uh, you know uh and we don't want to uh fall we don't want to fall into that category of snitches get stitches, you know so <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah you know? yeah, I so. probably shouldn't teach my kids that anymore. I told them that all the time. don't snitch
1: <laughs> what on you yeah no yeah, don't yeah. On you. No. No, no definitely no, be but, told. but it's
0: but it's also it's easy to turn that blind eye to um to the small things that we don't consider to be bad. We don't consider to be illegal and moral unethical. And we, it's just, it's just writing something that might on somebody's reports or, 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 uh, I don't know, like maybe doing an inventory and marking it, whatever, you know, and taking somebody, taking something out of it. Like those are big things. Those are not like something.
1: Mm-hmm. And I
0: think, I think when you look at that, it like that, to me, that's one of those areas where it's like, I think it's okay to say something one-on-one, just don't snitch about it. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, if it's really, really bad, you gotta say something. You have to say something to someone you because to. you can't just you can't just let the bad things go. However, I do believe there's an a uh, you know association to creating an, a little esprit de core, which we're gonna talk about in a few. Mm-hmm. Um but Saying something to somebody personally, like if you're doing something, Ed, and I'm noticing it, and I talk to you about it, and I don't talk to everyone else about it, I think that's more respectable. That's just in my book, you know? Yeah,
1: no, Um, no, I agree. And that's probably how I could handle the scenario that I I was involved. We'll just make it simple. We were leaving Iraq, right? The guy has his, he has a fridge, one of the little small fridges in his room, and he sells it. Okay, nothing wrong with that. That's what we do, right? Right. So he writes to, you know, the kid's like, oh, I'll come back and get it. You know, Thursday, you guys are moving out of here Friday. So he writes the kid's name on the fridge and dry erase. Kid leaves, he wipes it off. A couple hours later, another dude's out there. He sells it again. And he gives them the money. And he's like, we'll pick it up on Thursday. You know, we move out of here on Friday. Well, one, we moved out on Wednesday. So by the time these guys are going to realize that multiple people have bought this fridge,
0: Mm. Oh, and my goodness. Like,
1: and, and so part of it, too, is, you know, we always talk about culturals, right? But in my culture at that point, I'm, I'm from, you know, the D.C., Maryland, D.C. area. And we're very much it's not my business. And, and it was a poor, poor decision. I could have addressed it. You know, yeah. I don't know that it, w- it wouldn't have helped. He wouldn't have not done that way to probably had to ask, you know, to bring it up to another level. I would have been able to probably handle it at my level. But. I I didn't say anything because I was like, yeah, it's not my business. You know, Hey, whatever. Mm -hmm. Absolute toxic. Absolutely. Yes. You know, and and, and that's knowledge. That was like 20 plus years ago. Well, not yet. Almost 20. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Satural, sexual limitation falls (laughs) in. Yeah. No, but I mean, I guess you could say in the same way, it's like, don't do anything that's going to get, I was always told, don't do anything that's going to get you put on the cover of Army Times. So, you know, <laughs> solid place. Um, <advice. laughs> however, however, people that get on the cover uh, because of bad stuff, that's not the first time they did something they weren't supposed to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's an escalation that happens. There's things that have taken place throughout a person's career, a person's life. And to me, this is, this is that area. This is that uh they were a subordinate a junior they started doing things they weren't supposed to then they never got caught and so they kept doing it and they kept doing it and they kept doing it and it's like you know if you see something wrong say something you know i mean it's there's nothing Mm -hmm. there's no harm in it and if if you know i mean if they don't listen to you so be it you're you know you're gonna get just don't be the one who's part of it right so don't be on the cover army times ed yes Um, No, unless you're, unless you're like kissing babies and stuff like that. Shaking hands, kissing babies. Shaking hands. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So we're going to move on to the very next one. Oh yeah, Uh, this is a good one. (laughs) I like this one because this is there's an old saying that goes with it, but, uh, so failure to join the team you're on Hmm. basically, you know, stop living the last organization you're part of because you're part of this new one and you don't like it. Uh, and one of the things that's talking about on, you know, the guy talks about in here is like, Hey, oh, my last unit was better or my last organization was better than this one. And this is why. And all that. It's like, well, if you notice there is something that's not so great, then why don't you make it better? Right. Absolutely. I mean, we talk about, we talk about the, uh, Hey, leave it better than the way you received it. Then improve the unit organization as a subordinate. It's not hard to, you know, create that conducive environment that people want to be around. And, you know, um, and you probably just, like, love the one you're with. That's what I've always heard, you know, like, wearing the unit patch. Um, you know, I deployed with one organization. I have, you know, I, I mean, I enjoy my 101st patch, right? But when, then I, when I moved to Carson and I deployed with that organization, well, then I put on the one that I was with, you know. It just mm. shows support. <laughs> it shows support, right? Now,
1: yeah. that,
0: since then, I've mm. moved – and I put my one-on-one patch back on because I love, that's that's my, you know, and where I'm at, you can't wear the patch I'm at, you know, on, on that shoulder. Yeah. But but it's just, I I'm a, I guess I wouldn't say drink the Kool-Aid, but support the organization you're a part of to make it better. You know what I'm saying? I,
1: no, no, I don't. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I have a different train of thought. So I had a Sergeant Major one time tell me, you need to change your, your combat patch, your patch. And I said, why? And he goes, did Brett Favre show up to the Minnesota Vikings in a Green Bay Packers jersey? And I was like, no, but that's a ridiculous comparison. <laughs> so I looked at it as I deployed twice with the 1st Cavalry Division for right. seven, or for 27 months. I wear that patch because that's who I spent the most time right. in the theater with. It wasn't right. a disloyal thing, and, and I do get what you're saying. I do, but I, I think it's bigger than a piece of fabric okay. and Velcro. Oh. My own personal belief, right? I can't believe we have a little dis, uh, you know difference of opinion here, but and I, and I do get what you're saying, but
0: mm-hmm. I think
1: that uh, it it's, I think it's a little different than you, you do get those people. Well, like here, he says back at brag. And I think if you're using that in a negative light, yes. Yeah. If you're saying, well, this unit sucks back at brag, we did things this way. But if you say, you know, if I, if you're my platoon sergeant and I say to you, a sergeant in my previous platoon back at brag, back at drum, you know, we did this, this, and this. And, and I thought that worked pretty well. And maybe, I'm bringing something new to the organization and mm-hmm. by saying the, you know, in my previous assignment, maybe I'm showing you that it has worked before This ain't something I just came up with while I was, you know, sitting outside waiting, to, you know, having to smoke or whatever. I do not mm-hmm. smoke, but just an example. So I think there is a benefit to sometimes pulling on your experiences. It, right. And I think it's how you use them. If I'm pulling on my experience to bring something positive to the team, then I don't, feel like i'm a toxic subordinate but if i'm pulling from my experiences to down my current team then 100 that's that's toxic uh followership then so a little difference of opinion but you know no yeah no Uh,
0: i know i get you no hey i put old A back on so yeah i'm wearing it's just when i was you know it was just uh i don't know it's like one of those things that i've kind of learned you know it's the same like for instance uh my mentor once told me like when you're a senior and the organization has a function. You go to it, like yes. even if you don't want to be there, you go to it because you got to support your organization, no matter where you. If you're working in the civilian sector, you're working in the military, you're working in communities, you know, like yeah. outreach, whatever. If you're a part of that organization, you support it, and by supporting it, that means showing up to things, extracurricular activities, you know, like people often. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I always, I always disagree. People like didn't like organizational days and stuff like that. And, you know, basically for those of you who listen, if you don't understand organizational day is that, you know, it's like basically like a large picnic and or whatever, and you have fun. You, you're supposed okay. to have fun. It's
1: like people call day. it field day when you yeah. were in school. Remember back in the day yeah. field day when you're in school, it's like playing sports, having a picnic, a yeah. little bit of like fellowship camaraderie uh, team building. Yeah. I've never,
0: but Ed, I've never been to one that I was completely miserable. I've always enjoyed, cause I think I, and I, maybe it's, maybe it's for the chain of commands that I had or the different command climates. Um, either I enjoyed my company. I enjoyed the events going on. I yeah. enjoyed the food. Um, but I've always enjoyed them. Like I always wondered why people like it's mandatory. It's mandatory fun or something. I'm like, no, nah, I'm actually actually having fun because I want to have fun. It's the you title, know? Ryan.
1: It's the yeah. title they put on it. They do call it that. It's yeah. mandatory. Once they throw that mandatory label, you know what? If they don't want to be there, don't make them be there. That's that's how I see it. Just go to work. Yeah. You don't have to go, but you're no. also not just getting a, a free day off. But I think that mandatory. I think we get wrapped around that as in our what we do. We get wrapped around mandatory, and you're like, you can't tell me I'm not going. I don't want to do that. I'm not going to have fun because you say I have to. Um, I also found they were more enjoyable in my athletic days. But as I got older and injury prone, <laughs> they're not as enjoyable just sitting around. But even then, you know what? You still find a spades game, a dominoes game.
0: You cornhole. still find
1: cornhole, something that doesn't require as much athleticism. Yeah. Cornhole players are athletes, Brian. Let's get this straight. But, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you. But, you know, I've also been in organizations that I just did not like being a part of. And and you feel like you're hurting an organization by not wanting to participate in those but you're mm-hmm. not. You're not hurting an organization. You're just making yourself miserable for the sake of being miserable, and you're ruining mm-hmm. your own day that could have yeah. been fun. Yes, that could have been. Yeah. But you've put such a negative into it that you're like, ah, this is miserable. I mm-hmm. hate this. Did you mm-hmm. really? You you you're that guy in the corner who wants to have fun, but you're like, no, because this organization sucks, and it's just you're miserable for no mm-hmm. good reason. Wow. Yeah, and
0: it, I mean, you normally get free food. You get (laughs) fun games to play. I mean, I mean, seriously, like how often the organizational day do juniors or subordinates have to pay for what's going on? I mean, sometimes they'll say, "Hey, bring a dish, add a dish, whatever." But even then, it's like you still get free. Like I've left, bro. I have left organizational days with to go plates, (laughs) just so I knew uh, (laughs) that I could eat. I have food for lunches down the road. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and, 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 oh, <clears throat> so the 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 church organization that my wife and I go to in Tennessee, they once a month, it seems like they do uh, like big food gatherings, bro. Usually by the end of it, I'm somewhere up at the table filling up with the go play <laughs> so I can have it for lunch the next oh, day man. because it's always good. But that's, I, I don't know. That's just me. I, I, I feel like sometimes people they they, they overstretch that negativity or that feeling of how they hate it and stuff so much that they create this veil of negativity. Mm-hmm. And if they would just open it up a little bit, they would have fun and they enjoy themselves. So, all right. Hey, the next one, Ed, I think is a topic that you'd love to talk about. So why don't you bring it to us?
1: Hey, this is getting more and more until social media is the preferred forum to let the peop- let the world know how bad the chain of command or unit is or the organization is, man, this is out of control. Soldiers do this, and they swear, oh, this page is anonymous, but I got news for you. It's probably not. It's probably not. But you're venting out, and then you don't think about who's looking. And, you know, my favorite part of this whole portion of the article, Brian, is a couple of really key things. There are many decisions I did not like or thought would lead to failure. Okay, that's true. I've been in those situa- situations. I did what I could to influence that decision or the decisions, and then mm-hmm. I went out and did my job, because that's at the end of the day, that's what you're there for. You're, yes. there, you're there to go do your job. Hey, this is not this decision is not good. Here's why. Here's what I think would be a better decision. Boom, shut down. All right, I'm going to just go out and I'm going to execute. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: You know. Th- I think that's the key for this whole thing is you don't put your dirty laundry out on social media. And this goes beyond your organization. I personally feel Brian personally feel that your personal business does not need to be on there. You know, people catching their spouses being unfaithful or people saying, Oh, such and such got arrested. That's not social media. You don't need everybody to know those things. And, and as a society with, with the internet and then social media, we've gotten so comfortable at just putting all your business out there that, mm-hmm. I mean, what's what's private? What's your own world? And it's the same thing. What's, what's your organization's own world? And then what's the consequences when you say something and maybe you didn't understand the big picture and then there is a reason that decision was made, you mm-hmm. know? And now you you have went out and you've been to blabbermouth on social media and now you look like a clown uh, you know, because of that. And, and I think the Army has done a better job. There are some actions that can be taken on soldiers now uh, who are out there on social media doing the wrong thing. So there are. I, I, there are some policies and stuff out there that I think help, you know, but this is yes. very toxic. And, it, and then the influence of it is. You know, my one thing I hate on social media for us, Brian, as an organization is first thing somebody says, I'm on assignment to this place. What's it like? Right. Mm -hmm. And it'd be different if they said, Well, what's the housing like? What's the school system like? You know, no, no. What's it like means I'm going to this. And usually they'll say, I'm going to this battalion, this company. What's it like? Right. You got some soldier who just freshly got himself some kind of. Non punitive action, and they're angry at the world right now. And then they get on there and go, You're gonna hate it. Sergeant such and such is this. Sergeant such, first sergeant doesn't listen. He's a racist. You're gonna get all this stuff. And and, and why Mm. form your own opinion? Go there. Don't use social media as your guide. Housing market, school system, certain things got it. But individuals and and, and the command climate, I don't think social media is where it belongs, Brennan.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I think what you often get when you get those replies like that, those are the people that are already they're already have a negative taste. And let's be let's be serious here. You know, normally that's probably because they're the one of the people who's causing the issues in the organization. You know, they're part of that. (laughs) They're part of that 10 percent that you and I have to deal with. It take up 90 percent of our day. You know, I mean, I, I had 400 over 400 soldiers. That's ten percent is forty, so that means at any given time I could have forty disgruntled soldiers doing bad things that would take up ninety percent of my time that the other uh three hundred and sixty didn't get to you know I didn't get to interact with them as much as I would want to you know, that type of situation um i say okay, so when you go <clears throat> when I think about this, I think about the what the w t f moments you know um and I <laughs> like. Some of this stuff, I'm just like, wow, okay, I can't believe somebody posted that. And then some of it, I'm just like, why would you do that? Because I mean, do you do? I I, I don't understand why somebody would have find pleasure in bringing down an organization they're part of. Uh, you know, and and then and then they turn around. That same person will turn around and submit paperwork to stay in the service. And it's like, why would you even want to? You know what I mean? Like, uh, if you don't love this. And you're you're downing us. Then I mean, hey, sorry about your free paycheck, but no, I don't think so. Um (laughs) that's not that's not the stuff that bothers me. The stuff that bothers me is what you're talking about. It's when you as an individual are posting stuff and you're saying these things Mm -hmm. that are that's so you know, it's it's uh unfair. It's it's a spin on your situation or how you see things. It's not get it's not grasping, you know. I don't know i i want to see you know the the whole you know obviously negativity sells right that's that's what the news gets you know that's (laughs) so people think if i if i put this most outrageous thing out there then more people will click the button hit the like hit the you know whatever and do this and i get attention and it's like well what about the good stuff you know what about you know saying the what what's good is happening and posting nice pic you know good pictures of what the organization is accomplishing and things like that. And this can be, yeah, Ed, this can be in the service and this can be even in the civilian sector too. Yeah. And i if I'm not mistaken, they're all, you know, <clears throat> the army has kind of shifted their momentum uh, towards social media by coming kind up of the policies, but a lot of the policies they have are similar to a civilian organization. Yeah. Like for instance, um, you've mentioned it before, like where your sister and your brothers work. I bet you they have some type of policy about what they can and cannot say oh, yeah, i, I can't guarantee, guarantee it. It. Yeah. i know your sister does yeah <laughs> I, so and and if and if she decided to get on there and say something completely negative about her organization they can fire her like nix her from that job yeah. you know and it's like people don't think about that before they they post them it's like come on seriously i mean you know just post something nice. How about that? That works really well, you know, and you get just as many thumbs up, you know? So, yeah. All
1: right. So Um, one more thing. So a wise bearded ninja, happy birthday. The bearded ninja. Happy birthday, buddy. It's his birthday today. But the wise bearded ninja once for an interview when we were working together said, if I went to your social media right now, would you be proud of what I saw?
0: Yeah, he did say in interviews. I do That's remember it. that. Like what's yeah, the, that was he used insane. to say, what's the last thing you posted?
1: Yes. And yes. so when you stop and you think about it. And and for me especially like now my my kids are older, they're adults. But when my daughter was, a, you know, 14, 13, would she be proud of what I put on there? And 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 that went through my mind sometimes when I posted stuff. And you know, you want to rant and Yeah. Um, one quick quick story So I've been working on storytelling. We'll talk about that another time. So quick story though, another, you know, and and I'm okay with admitting my flaws. So we were working together and the transportation showed up and there was not a canvas on the vehicles. None of them. There was one vehicle had a canvas. I don't know if you remember this. Mm-hmm. We we're going out. And we were going yeah, so you sticks. may want
0: to tell some of the audience. They don't know what canvases are. Maybe so I don't there was know. no
1: there was no cover on the back of the military vehicles yeah. that transport soldiers in the winter time out <sighs> to the field. And, oh. and at the time, Staff Sergeant Haley decided he was going to vent, and he was going to vent on social media, and I did. I said it was ridiculous. And I think I one, I was angry because I stopped the NCO and I said, hey, like, there's no vehicles. These vehicles don't have canvas. And this is what the NCO said. He's one of the the, the um we call him TCs, but he's basically riding inside with the driver. He said, Well, it's not cold in the cab where I'm riding. Ooh. And so I lost my mind. And and I did. I went on social media and I said, Who shows up to pick up X amount of soldiers and no canvas? When it's 30 degrees outside, who does that to soldiers? And Mm. somebody, Weeby, you know who I'm talking about, saw it and pulled me aside. And I immediately deleted it. And I realized the error of my ways because how's that make my organization look? Yes, it was outside of our organization that we had resourced this thing, this transportation, right? But at the end of the day, I'm posting as a person assigned to this organization, and I just made our organization look poorly. On yes. social media, and so that's the one thing. When I read this article that came up, and I was like, "I am going to share that because I mean, you learn." Yeah. I can tell you yeah. since that day, I have never posted about my organization on social media unless it's a no. positive thing. I have not absolutely things happen negative all the time. It's just the way every organization has their negative aspect. Uh, but yeah. I learned from him. that's probably one few things he taught me ever. But I learned from him that day that that's not the right answer. So, yeah, I thought I'd share that story about social media. and That sounds familiar.
0: I I, I think I was uh, – it just sounds familiar because I think we've been in that situation before with the no canvases thing.
1: This was pretty early, too. Yeah,
0: yeah I get I think you. I, I was just
1: you. able to walk on my own, so it was pretty early. No,
0: no, no, I get you. I get you. Yeah, yeah. definitely. But, yeah. Yeah, so- it just – yeah, it's so easy to fall into that trap though. Right. Yes. Yeah. Like you see something you don't like, and you're just like, I'm going to rant. I'm
1: gonna and speak it's like my mind. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, and you know what, it, maybe it's okay to speak your mind to an individual that you're trying to address it to. Um, it just depends because you don't want it to seem like you're being, you know, toxic in any nature or you're, trying to, uh, be a disloyal subordinate, but yeah, yeah I mean, I don't no, know. I, yeah.
1: well, I also fed off with some of the, um, uh, Loyalty issues within that platoon I was in at the time too Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <But>. <laughs> So hey, this next one. Oh yeah, yeah I, <laughs> Just,
1: I saw <laughs> oh, the light oh, bulb like, <laughs> go, like,
0: you go yeah, yeah, I know who you were talking about Yeah, yeah. oh
1: yay Alright uh,
0: <laughs> So hey, here's the fourth We're going to talk about the fourth one That kind of identifies say, if you're being toxic Look at you, you're dropping ah. stuff everywhere Ed,
1: Boy. Ed's got it I got his- yep.
0: yeah, the yeah. spot <laughs> All right, on him. Let's go. <laughs> so the last one is uh, this one. I, this is the one I can reflect upon and I've done this in mo- more than one unit. I've done this before is allowing disagreements to lead to disloyalty. Uh let, I want to read what it has to say here because this kind of, when I read this the first time I thought, Oh, this is me. I shouldn't have done that, you know, like multiple times. We hear it in every uh, after action review. So, uh, disagreement is not disloyalty. There will be times where you disagree with a decision or course of action your boss makes. Just remember, there will also be times when your subordinates will disagree with your decisions, how you execute the decisions mm-hmm. with which you disagree. Will teach your subordinates how to execute the decisions with which they do not agree. Uh, you are doing it right if your subordinate can never tell when, whenever you like a decision because you are completely professional. All right, this is this one strikes a chord with me though. Uh, this is harder than it sounds because often these decisions are very personal. Don't take things personally. Like that's, that's a hard thing to do. Yeah. right? And I've, I've even found myself within the past couple of months in different situations where I felt like I, I kind of took it personal and I've kind of, I feel like I kind of like twisted a little bit inside and, and I didn't, I, I shouldn't act that way. Um, remember your obligation as both a subordinate and leader and execute with the same vigor you, uh, you would, if the idea had been your own. So you want to be able to kind of, so have that same mm-hmm. momentum that follow that, uh, you know, that's my decision too, because it was your decision. Um, when you allow others to sense your disappointment or lack of confidence in a decision or fail to support a plan, uh plan fully, you are a toxic subordinate. So I will tell you, I think I have done this so many times that I couldn't even count where mm-hmm. I didn't like the decision. So it was almost like I was rebelling against it and I was internally hoping it would fail right like because oh, i yeah. didn't like it i don't like it i hope this fails you know or i would speak my mind against it publicly um and mm. i was being disloyal to it, you know i mean and i think i've done i think i've done this to even people that i respect you know uh joshua brian somebody who i truly respect and i may have done things and not and not in a way i don't think i've ever like especially with him i've ever done anything that would try to change or do something bad but i would be in such disagreement like no yeah. i don't agree with that you know um can we be that way yes you don't have to agree but it's how it's how people see us it's how we interact it's the language we use the words we're using you know like oh man i can't believe they that. Mm-hmm. they're so stupid i mean some as small as that i can't believe that that was just stupid of them no instead you know maybe hold that stuff in and Look at me, okay, well, what's my part in this? What is the part in it that I have that I have to own that I can make the best I possibly can be that can reflect upon who I am as a subordinate, as somebody who wants to make sure that things are getting done right all right um and there there are tons of things, there are tons of things, and is it okay to talk about those things? Heck, yeah, you have to if you don't, and you hold that stuff in you know, you know me and you we have conversations before the show, we talk about things. That doesn't mean I'm going to sit here and publicly announce everything we talk about because that's a that's a friend of friend conversation that may be a mentor to mentee type situation a counsel to counselee. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's a learning, you know, th- those are OK. Those are OK. However, but when we put it out in a public forum um what what the we used to learn we learned in when we went through Abic together about you know you hold your hold your cards close especially when we're teaching with the students we would have yeah we we didn't want to put the information in the arena like don't yeah. put information in the arena cuz once you put it out there you can't pull it's it back there. in yeah so yeah um i i remember specific times that i did this and and it bothers me because i think to myself like was I the example that I want for a subordinate, right? That to show me because if I, and this is where I always thought if I act a certain way towards a leader, then I can't be pissed off or mad. Excuse my language when somebody else does that to me, right? Because I just Ooh. showed them it was okay to do that. You know, uh, Ed, your thoughts, man.
1: Well, we're going to start with the most recent thing you said, so. I worked for a guy who you and I know, and he used to call the first sergeant the last sergeant because he didn't uh, yeah. get along with him. That's, yeah, but then he set himself up that you lack that respect for your senior, so why should I respect you? Yes, as a se- as my senior now, you've 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 set the stage, you've made it okay, and so you know, same thing. I, you don't agree with everything. I'm gonna tell you, Brian. I worked with you for one class cycle. It was it one or yep. two? Yeah, one, one, I agree with every, did I agree with everything formations. No, no, I did not. But it's how you handle that. That tells people he's a professional, especially yeah. when your peers know they don't agree with it and you don't agree with it, but you're standing there and, mm-hmm. and, and you're doing it and you're, you're embracing it. And they're like, That's professionalism. That shows he's perfect. Now I'm showing my peers how professional you can be. So I think that that's a big big thing, bro. And then I'm trying to make sure I get all my
0: notes. (laughs) Yeah, so my notes.
1: So, you know, know in the article it says, like, uh, how you execute something you disagree with is the example for your subordinate. And so what I put is you put your best foot forward and you execute Mm -hmm. motivation, whether you agree with it or not. Now, life, limb, eyesight—boom! I'm not executing. That's a different, you know, safety, illegal, immoral, different. Yes, right. But for the most part, as a leader, I don't agree. We're not going to come to the agreement. But you know what? This is what you want. This is your intent. I'm violent, I'm gonna execute it with motivation, and nobody will know that I don't agree. I mm-hmm. loved working for Chief uh, Miss Miss Polk. Loved working for Miss Pope. Did I agree with everything? No. But oh. nobody would ever tell you her and I disagreed on anything. They thought we were connected. And that is what you should be as the subordinate or junior leader. Mm-hmm. You have to Yeah, be. It's just the way it is. Uh, I'll give you an example. She wanted me to not learn the system, the computer system we used. I wanted to learn the system. And she's like, I need an NCO who can move soldiers and make soldiers work. I said, if that's what you want, and I told her, I want to learn the system. She says, I don't need that. That's not what this organization needs. Okay. I did not like it. Didn't like it. To this day, unless she listens to this episode, she won't know I didn't like it. That's how much I compartmentalized (laughs) it. I didn't. I said, this is why I think I need to learn the system. She said, no, that's not what I need. You're the warrant officer. Mm -hmm. I'm executing. And that's what I did for two years with her. Yeah, uh, you know, I, she just came up cause I was just talking to her the other day, but right, you go out there and you do it. And the soldiers will tell you every soldier we work with, none of them will say, no chief Haley, they didn't get along. Never going to happen. So just kind of my little quick story for that particular one, Brian.
0: Yeah. I think we've all. Yeah. Done. It, oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, my last, my last organization that was a part of, um, my commander, he was an 11 year veteran. I was at 22 years. You know what I mean? Like I've seen a lot more done a lot yeah. more. Um, he, he's still a little upset that I'd never done a JRTC or NTC that I made it this far. And I never what? had to do that. I've never done one, not one.
1: I hope, you, I hope you, I hope you go to a command star major slot and you go back to back one to the other, just straight train from one to the other.
0: Yeah. But now I'm disappointed, but I've, but I've deployed m- multiple times and, uh, it's worked every time for me, you know, uh, However, I mean, people, I guarantee you, you could ask anybody in that organization if I disagreed with him uh, at all. And they were like, no, man, they're always on the same notebook. They were always together. And it's, we were always together. Yes. Um, but if I had, if I had something I didn't, uh, I didn't agree with, close the door and we talk about it. And then when we're done. Which obviously it's his decision. He he was the commander. He, I mean, he he's responsible for everything. here. I give my advice. I say, hey, this is what I think. Take it or leave it. Open the door back up. I'm following. I'm following him 100. percent As long as it's not illegal, immoral, and unethical. That's yeah. it. You know, and in in getting people to understand that, you know, um, but I think there's a flip side. That Ed, I think there's a flip side to be a good subordinate also is to be a good leader. Um, at the same time. If you're noticing when you're when you're let's say you're announcing some information and you if you're reading the room, right, and you're catching different you know maybe maybe people's facial expressions or how they writing things down, you can tell they they don't feel comfortable with it then you, if you're reading the room, then you say, hey, you know um i'm I'm catching here like maybe you guys don't like this. What are y'all's ideas? What do y'all think you want to mm. do so that that does now is it helps them buy that buy in. Right. So now they can own some of it because if it's their idea,
1: mm-hmm. why
0: not make it work? So yeah. I, so I think there's two sides of it, man. You know? Um, but it's, it is like what you say, um, you and, uh, and, uh, your, your one officer, the two of you all, you didn't do, you didn't disagree in front of the Joes, you know, no. and it makes it, it makes us successful as a, as a, as a, as a team, mm-hmm. as a leadership team, to do that but also at the same time why not do that as subordinates too? you know like why would you have a massive disagreement from everybody you know does everybody have their tipping point absolutely they're gonna get mad they're gonna blow up but it's pulling them back (laughs) in you know and making having them realize hey you know especially man you think about when you were young like you were young joe like how easy was it to just Blah, just let everything out you know and you're just like yeah. oh, cra-. and then and then like two three hours later you're like uh, I should not have done that you know or, or you yeah. didn't care you know so but yeah, yeah. that's that's just one of those and things i look at that's man.
1: always and i think too so w- w- with my example with miss pope i mean the other thing is mm-hmm. if you do it in front of your troopers you you do it in front of your your subordinates your juniors you you're you're showing them a, a frag a fracture and then they'll mm-hmm. exploit that. They'll exploit that every time. They'll start yep. playing mommy-daddy games with you and whoever to try to cause that to, to open that thing up some more and make the divide wider and get mm-hmm. their way. So you that's why one of the key things you cannot do it in front of because you're given weakness. You're showing weakness of the team. Yep. And then I've seen first sergeants and commanders fight and argue and close the door, but if you hear – Screaming and shouting, the door doesn't stop that. The military buys the yeah. cheapest doors we can, so you have to also have that control <laughs> and understand. Because then, now we all know they're fragmented. Yeah. You already know yeah. your your command team is fragmented. Now your culture is bad because you start dividing camps, and you have ones that are team, you know, Captain America, and you have team, you know, Sergeant Fury, and you're just like, oh, which one's right? And so you mm-hmm. got to watch that stuff. So.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely correct. Yeah, it's just this is that was one of the of all this article that's the one that struck the most chord with me is just basically allowing disagreement Mm turn into disloyalty and then you you almost create this corruption thing in there. All right, so we have the last few. We're basically (laughs) we have seven small topics to go over real quick in our last like ten minutes of the show. Yeah, let's see. This is this is flipping it. (laughs)
1: This is
0: how do we how tips of how to uh, be a great subordinate. All right. So you want all to start right. us off?
1: I do. Uh, so the first thing is do not make your problem your boss's problem. Right. Don't be afraid to ask for help and do not wait until failure. All right. So this is very simple. You want to try to handle things and issues at your level. Right. I don't need yes. to elevate them. We we say in the military all the time, uh, handle it at the lowest level possible. So that's what this mm-hmm. is. This is basically saying handle it at the lowest level. but but don't let it get out of control because you're afraid to ask for help at some point. So, you know, you and I, I can bounce ideas off you and you can say, man, I I really don't know the answer to that, but you may also point me at somebody who does. You may say, well, have you talked to, you know, have you talked to first or Sergeant Major Bryant?" No, I have. I didn't even think of him. Okay. Well, maybe give him a, a call. And then when that doesn't work, right. Then, you know, you, you got to be able to say, hey, I need help. Like, I'm at a loss here. And the the key to this whole thing for me, Brian, is, um, you know, he says in an article, don't wait to drop a bomb in a meeting. You know this is an issue. You know there's a problem. Yes. You know it's out of your control. You haven't been able to find somebody who can help you with it. Don't mm-hmm. let the, uh, you know, don't let the um, the <clears throat> snowball effect, don't let it roll out of control to an avalanche. Bring it Uh up before it gets out of control um, so that somebody can step up. Maybe that person you didn't know knew can say, oh, no, no, this is how you we can do this. We can do that. This is how we can fix it. And and then there's going to come that relief from you. So I think that's the, the real gist of it here. Brian is one. Don't shoot a red star cluster, as we say, in the sky immediately. Sit back. Examine the problem. Try to figure out your own course of action if you can. Mm-hmm. Try to bring somebody in to help you with it. Don't be afraid to mm-hmm. say, hey, first sergeant, I'm, I'm well, especially when you've been you've been in the seat as a first sergeant. I'm not able to get this soldier to come to work. I've done this and this and this and this and, this and you know, first, iron, I, I'm really at a loss here. Can you help me? And then what you're gonna do, because I know Brian, is you're gonna say, well, did you think about this or this? Did you peel right. back the onion and find out why he's not coming to work? Oh, the yeah. train's on strike, and he rides. This is somebody else's scenario, but he rides the train to work every day. The train's on strike, so now he's got to rely on a cab. You know, cabs are not. So, oh, that's the solution. So, be don't be afraid to ask for help, and then don't let it just turn into an explosion. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know and and I think you know, I think this play, I think that one plays well into the next one. It really kind of does. does it helps in uh the very next one is basically and this is a metaphor in a sense people uh if your boss asks for a pizza just bring him a pizza he doesn't the boss shouldn't have to tell you how to make the pizza shouldn't have to tell you where to get the pizza, just bring him a pizza he says hey give me a cheese pizza just bring him a cheese pizza you know what i mean uh, and obviously don't go buy your boss a cheese pizza that's not what it means it if i give you a mission pizza. yeah <laughs> if i give you a task yeah. Just go do the task. Um, if you don't know, if you're not familiar with the task, yeah, you can ask questions and whatnot. However, in most cases, the task you're receiving, people have done, you have done. It's just, it's, you know, looking for uh, the step-by-step on how to get it done, you know, mm-hmm. to make sure you don't upset someone. Just get it done. That's all you have to do. Um, all too often, uh, we, what we want to do is we want to ask all these questions to get us through. To make sure we've done it perfectly to what somebody wants. Well, no, uh, that's called creative, uh, critical, and creative thinking. If we mm. use critical and creative thinking, that shows that we have the ability to lead one day. So then we we show our potential for perf- of performance to become promoted in the position that we want to go into. It's stuff like that, right? Um, when I have <clears throat> the people that I worry about the most, Ed, are the people who come to me with every little detailed question about it. And it's like, no, I don't, I don't need to answer all these questions for you. Just go do it. You know, um, Star uh, Brian, uh, and I bring him up because he obviously uh he taught me the uh bacon and cake thing and he has this great whole elaborate <laughs> yeah. story about bacon and cake. And I love the bacon and cake. You know, it's like I don't if I tell you I want a chocolate cake, just bring me a chocolate cake. Now, if you don't understand how to do that, I can help you make that cake, but you're not going to like the fact that how I'm helping you make the cake is I'm going to show you every little step. Instead, just make a chocolate cake, bring it to me. I'll let you know if it's what what I'm looking for. I just need one. You know what I mean? Um, Same thing. Yeah. I mean, that's just how I see it. What are your thoughts, man?
1: Yeah. So I I think that this is very much about meeting the intent or the guidance that's provided by your supervisor, your boss. Right. And then Mm -hmm. I think that for me, I think if you you, you see a, a way to do, to meet the intent, but you can see some other things along the way, then meet the intent and then provide that other information to your boss. So discipline initiative, you could do that, but really you want to make sure you meet his intent. And that's what this is saying. I want a pizza. Don't bring me cookies. Bring me a pizza with pineapple because it does go on pizza and ham, uh, extra cheese and I won't pizza. disagree, <laughs> so yeah, I think that's the bottom line is this is like all about meeting me at the tent,
0: yeah, I was looking for something oh crap. all right, no, uh yeah, <laughs> d- meeting a tent discipline initiative, you were just like, I was like, oh my goodness, is he gonna tell us all of mission command, so, uh, <laughs> no, no,
1: no, no. but I think I, it does, um, this is another one though, you know, bring the boss the pizza plays into our next one, Brian. Yeah, go ahead. Give to us. Do the job you're asked to do, not the job you want to do. Mm -hmm. Again, been here. So, in the article, he talks about the disgruntled staff guy. That's me. I was the disgruntled staff guy. I was. (laughs) I came here from the NCO Academy. I loved being a facilitator. I got here. I've never been on staff, which a lot of people find difficult to believe in all my years. I had never been on staff, and now I'm on staff. And I was like, ugh. and then they said, oh, there's these other taskings you could do. And uh, one of them was to go instruct BLC, right? They were going to go instruct the basic leaders course uh, satellite. And I was like, ooh, ooh, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that because that's what I love to do. But I wasn't thinking about my organization. I wasn't thinking about who would have to pick up my slack at work. Yeah, and, yeah. um And this was actually the job I'm in now. This was where I was at at this point. And I started thinking about other than what I wanted to do. And that's what this is saying. Like, do what you're asked to do. I was asked to do international logistics coordination. I wanted to Uh be a facilitator. That time has passed. It goes back to what we talked about earlier, right? Well, back at Campbell, I was a facilitator. And I still can be a facilitator, but make sure it fits into what I'm there to do. And and I think that's what this is really saying, Brian.
0: Yeah. So they have a saying here uh, at school that I've, I've noticed I've caught on to, and I've actually found myself in that, in that crazy trap. Uh, They talk about, so here they say, Hey, don't be the best first sergeant in your organization as the SAR major, or what they've also said is like, don't be the best platoon sergeant as a first sergeant Mm -hmm. in your organization. Don't, you know, do what's your job. Don't do what other people's jobs, you know, just, it, it's it's the whole flow of things they've got to learn how to do what it is that they got to do uh and you know doing all this there's so many people out there ed that will <clears throat> they will do everything but their job they will do all these extra
1: whatever all the extra oh we had a guy but I, yeah i had a guy i had yeah. a guy i worked with him i had a guy <laughs> who was really good for this like y'all these yeah. the things man but you need to do our job and and you can do your job great. That's what you need to do. Now, if you can do your job great and then do all the extra stuff too, not a problem. Yes. We're okay with that. Yes. So, yeah.
0: yeah. It, it, so, in the last organization, you know, so I was talking about, I was getting to also is I did have a guy who was volunteering for all these different things, but he wasn't doing his actual job. Mm-hmm. Like his actual job in the army. And I, I said, no, got to draw him back got to get him back in. I said, you can't, I I can't have you doing this, this, and this, this for the organization. Let's let other people do it. Um, and he literally told somebody that he got fired from it and I pulled him aside. I said, Hey man, you think you got fired from doing this other stuff? Uh, he's like, well, you know, it just kind of feels that way. I'm like, well, then obviously I didn't, and I didn't verbalize it enough to you. You're, you're critical in this job and we need you to do your job. These other things are really nice, but if they're falling behind in your section on that, I need you involved in that because that's the most important thing for you. Okay. Um, and I can't, I think it. I hope it I got, you know, he, he turned around, you know, uh, but yeah, this, <laughs> that's definitely a big thing. Uh, and I, I think that, man, it's like these things are falling right in order perfectly. It's almost like he wrote the article on purpose. Uh, understand how leaders make decisions and try to think that way. Yeah. That can be tough. <laughs> That can be tough, but it also could be easy in other time. It's literally thinking through a decision. Well, hey, why did they do it that way and not this way? Well, this would been easier. You know, why did they pick that course of action versus this course of action? Well, maybe there were things that you can't see. Maybe there are maybe there are uh, details that are being thought about that could outweigh other areas. And, you know. I think with that that helps Mm -hmm. you individual subordinates become better leaders in the first place because now what it's doing is it's it's allowing them to think creatively and critically, like mentioned earlier, and to start you know looking at the full picture and not just their little slice of the pie. Because I think what happens with this is why leaders uh, why we often. we go against their decisions. What we mentioned earlier is because we're only thinking of ourselves. We're not thinking of the organization, right? Um, you know, as a let's say, as a in the army, as a platoon sergeant, you're worried about the whole platoon, not just one squad. You know, in the as a first sergeant, you're not just worried about one one platoon. You're worried about the whole company. And it's and it's learning to open up your aperture and seeing the larger picture. You know, and and I and that's what I you know I try to learn. It took me a little while to learn it. But it, 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 after I seen it, I was like, oh, I really do have to learn worry about the whole the whole piece of pie, the whole pie, not just my small piece, you know. Um, but, yeah, understanding the decision process.
1: Yeah. So this is when uh, when I worked for you, this is something I learned during that time. One, I became very fluent in Brian and, and his thought process. Uh, <laughs> And, and to not the point where some other guys that we worked with who had worked with you for quite some time was like, hey, what do you think, you know, what do you think Weber will say about this? And I'd be like, ah, I think he's going to say, you know, he's going to want to go this route. So it became very much a, hey, he's like, you know, he, he is the interpreter for the leadership of Weber. But I knew you always believed in making the organization bigger, not making third platoon better. Not making you know my squad better. You always were looking for that bigger picture improvement. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, this is what I told you when we started. I have one from my time with you, and th- this is what I did learn this from you during our time together. <coughs> but it's funny. It's oh, go ahead, go ahead.
0: No, it's it is. I mean, I think I think when you start thinking about that way, though, Ed, you think about the organization in general. You don't just think about your little piece of the pie. You become uh, you become one more knowledgeable about the whole organization. Uh, yeah. The other thing is you start looking at things way different. It's I I mean I I don't know. It's just like it's almost like you see the things that you never seen before that you could always have seen. It's just you have to take yourself out of that pigeonhole of just you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. I think that feeds so so perfect. And the point number five, Brian, is it's uh, solve your boss's problems, which sounds so crazy. So when I first wrote it, I was like, solve my boss's problems. Wait a minute. That doesn't seem like that could be a thing. But what it's really saying is you have to get outside of yourself like we were talking about. And, and honestly, it's all summed up in the very last sentence of the paragraphs. If you want to be a hero, solve your higher headquarters problems. So you need Mm -hmm. to be able to not just identify problems in your organization, right? So Mm -hmm. if if you see, let's say you're in, let's say we're going to use military, but just understand for our listeners, it doesn't, it's not stuck to just this is works in the military. But if I see there's a problem with junior leaders assuming their leadership roles and and you know the development of junior leaders, then maybe. We, I sit down with you and we, we brainstorm and say, okay, well, what about a leadership council? What about having junior leaders meet, you know, biweekly yeah. and mentor, get mentored by some of the Sergeant First Classes and the, the Master Sergeants, right, to help? Um, what's another one I can think of? Height and weight. So junior leaders may not be very comfortable doing a height and weight to actually you know weigh the person and then we do the tape test around the waist, the neck for the males and you know Uh maybe they're not comfortable doing that. But maybe what if I said, okay, everybody who ever worked at a non-commissioned officers academy, you're going to be my lead taper, and then Uh I'm going to put a junior sergeant with you, one of the new promotes so that you can show them the proper way to do it. Well, I just solved mm-hmm. a problem for the whole unit when mm-hmm. they're like, well, we don't have enough good you know, quality tapers. Well, now you do. I just gave you a whole bunch of them. So yep. that's what this is, is finding a way to solve these, these small – it don't have to be a major problem, but you know, like I know. So even here, there's 700-plus people, but we're senior heavy. And, and so the sergeants – I feel like this is a robbery for the sergeants. They get promoted here to Sergeant E5. Because they're on a two stars level staff, so when they go to a unit and they come to you, Brian, at a battalion, they may have some growing pains because they're used to yeah. dealing only with all these seniors. But if I can teach them the height and weight here, not only did it help my organization, but down the road I'm going to help your organization. Yes. Now you've got this staff sergeant who knows what they're doing when it comes to the regulation for height and weight, and and that's yes. a bonus for you. Force multiplier—that's the term. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah force yeah.
0: multiplier you know i love I, I personally love using that in people's n hey such yeah. and such is a force multiplier because of blah 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 um <clears throat> you know so solving your boss's problem here's uh, so i didn't always agree with a, a particular leader that i had in my previous organization um uh, but one of the things he changed was it wasn't a uh, soldier love, it was the promotion boards on the promotion boards the questions were geared towards more like what is expected of those sergeants or 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 wh- whoever, whatever they were mm-hmm. trying to reach. Like for instance, questions on how to properly dispatch and all the dispatch procedures. Well, If you're, if you're asking those questions, what you're doing is you're incubating that thought process. At least they looked it over. So now you know, Hey, you're knowledgeable of this. It kind of helps solve that higher echelons problem of, Oh, we, we haven't been doing it correctly. Uh, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, and that's what like, I'm like, man, you know, that's a good idea. So I'm going to use that one day. I want to use that to be able to say, okay, yeah, is yeah. a good
1: idea, actually
0: yeah, why not? Cause you're teaching them how to do so. And now, now the commander doesn't have to worry so much anymore about, Hey, are we doing do we know how to do this? Well, yeah, they've been studying for the board for it for months, you know? So,
1: Damn, yeah. No. So
0: solving, solving those bigger problems i think that's a that's a key thing it doesn't mean it doesn't mean you're kissing somebody's rear end or anything like that <laughs> no it's about no. the organization and making the organization better that's what it's about
1: so yeah right, so you're, you're making the army better you develop leaders you're making the army like not just your local organization but so much bigger so i mean in the civilian sector you can find a way to do that you can find a way to make a huge impact in your organization and, and your, you know, whatever the hierarchy is, the next higher organization. So I think that's important. Yes.
0: The next one flows right into that. It's executing a report, right? <laughs> uh, we have to, as leaders, we have to trust our subordinates at the same time. Our subordinates have to trust us to allow them to execute. A mission, and then just report back. Hey, X is done. This is what we figured out. This is what we learned. This is what we realized we need to change. Things like that. Uh you know, go out and lead with confidence. Is what he talks about. If you understand the commander's intent, which uh, I and I don't know how. I really like to know what they would consider. I guess they would say vision uh, on the civilian sector. But the commander's intent is very much like a vision uh, for like a vision so. statement. Um, but go out and execute that commander's intent. Uh, you're if you know the commander's intent then you're already armed with everything you need to uh everything you need to uh, know to get the job done and you know execute and report it's not it that, that falls back on that you know uh, there's not that enough time in the day for the leader to tell you every little process every little step they say hey this is your task then go execute it yeah. execute it and come back and report on it like don't forget the report the back brief part because They're going to, you know, that leader is probably going to be sitting and think, I wonder how, uh, I wonder how Ed did on, on such and such. I wonder if you get that done. Mm -hmm. Just come back and report and let him know, hey, this is what we figured out. Um, And it worked. Uh, So we're going to keep going with that, that process, you know, that type of thing. So executing and report is, it's a big thing. It's, it's not something, you know, if I, if I know the vision of this organization is to do X, Y, and Z. I have a lane to operate in now. I know what my parameters are. I also not to go illegal, immoral, unethical. All right. So, and I also know in the back of my mind, how do I support the organization? Well, it's doing things to make it better. And that's it. So what's your thoughts?
1: No, no, no. I thought that you did a excellent job with execute report. I I mean, and then when I saw this, of course I go straight to, um, you know, providing some kind of feedback and, and, to when, you, when you do something, when you accomplish whatever, you need to um, be able to go back and say, All right, yeah, that's done. Here's what we did. Here's what worked. Here's what didn't. You know, nice. AR it. Got it. AR it uh, on the backside. So, and I think that that then allows you to uh, use that win, you know, the positives and, and develop your strategy moving forward for the organization to continue to get those wins. And then improve mm-hmm. in your weak areas and just get stronger at that, whatever that task, that thing is. So,
0: right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, now, this ne- I think the very next one falls, it, it really helps with that too, though. Yeah. Um, well, it's it, don't put, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: No, this isn't,
0: go ahead. Uh, don't put your <laughs> boss in a box when it comes to decisions. Yeah. Um, I, so execute and report, that's great, but don't execute and report at 1700 <laughs> saying we've got a problem. How long yeah. have you known about this problem? Oh, we knew about it two days ago. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're putting me in a box now. Now I got to make a decision that can't be actually thought upon. Done. <laughs> um, my biggest problem was let's just, i I was a first sergeant at a unit. Um, and I deal with all the personnel actions type of thing to make sure things are taken care of and go to the commander or wherever they need to go. And somebody brings me something at, you know, uh, at, at my last post 1500 was the release time on fridays they say hey listen let soldiers go at 1500 well when a soldier shows up at my door at 1500 and everyone's gone and they yeah. say i got this problem and i'm like well how long did you know about this oh we knew about it on monday it's friday why are yeah. you telling me today <laughs> why are you, you now? know yeah. And wow. and it, what it does is it it puts us in that confined box because what if it's an emergency that the soldier needs something taken care of? Like right now, they're gonna lose money, they're gonna mm-hmm. they're gonna lose a place to live, they're all these different things. It, it it's a constant reminder, hey, bring these things up. If it's something you cannot control, you cannot handle, you gotta tell someone, you gotta bring it up. I can't fix the things that I don't know about. And putting putting a leader in that box, putting them in that constraint. What's that say about you? You know what I mean? Like, what's it say about your proactivity? What's it say about your potential of being a leader yourself? You know, those, those are, that's mm-hmm. just one of those things. And nothing would make me more, more upset than somebody bring me something last minute and say, oh, we got to get this done. Well, I'm sorry, but why is it an emergency on my part now? Because it was an emergency on your part that you didn't consider an emergency previously. You know, so, but yeah, that's, that's always one that I've had a problem with it.
1: Yeah, this is one I'm, I'm super guilty of. This when I was a kid. Remember, you used to have to get your report card signed by your parents. Oh yeah, yeah. If yeah, the yeah. grades just weren't where they were supposed to be, uh, you know, I like give it to my dad at like nine o'clock at night as I'm going to bed. <laughs> so oh, if, if the punishment will be tomorrow instead of tonight. This is for our younger listeners. This is when you used to have to carry your report card home uh, yeah. and get it signed and carry it back to school and turn it in. And, yeah, I used to, like, drop it on his desk, you know, 1,700 hours. I got to go to bed now. Good night. Keep it real. See you later. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But this goes into, you know, you were talking about the military uh, decision-making process from, you know, from some of the curriculum you're studying. But this is where the course of action development comes in, and different courses of action. Understanding your boss. If I'm going to develop three courses of action for something and the Mm -hmm. first one is absolutely way out of character for my boss, then why give it to him? Why? If you know he's not going to go that route. So instead of robbing him of that one, just so you can say, I gave you three. Why am I doing three fingers? I gave you three. Give him three that would actually fit into his decision-making preferences. And that comes from knowing your boss and knowing, you know, their tendencies. Uh, I think this is really big for us. I think it's very big in any organization like don't try to put your boss where he has no choice because he has a choice just because you showed up at 1700 on friday that does not mean he's signing you know yeah maybe you're going to inconvenience yourself because he's going to say we need to revisit this on monday morning so that we can make sure we're making the right decisions before i sign yes anything. you know so yes I think that that's what really feeds into this one brian
0: yes absolutely yeah and you know, and so let's sum this up before we wrap the show up completely. But you know, all too often, Ed, it seems like people are always so worried about trying to be a great leader and developing to be a great leader, but there's never any thought process and what it re- is required to be a great follower. Also, and that's the whole point of today's show. It's like we all mm-hmm. fit into that somewhere. We all do. Yeah, we absolutely. all have got you know, you know, whether it's household six, um, you know. <laughs> if if the wife says we're doing, yes ma'am we sure are <laughs> you know yeah, that type of thing we're
1: doing that <laughs> we're, yes
0: we are we're going there yes but it's it's understanding though that you have to you have to learn that both sides are important you know if you have if it's almost like a scale you know you want to keep it balanced you don't want to uh, uh disrupt the force you know what i mean there'd be a yeah, great disturbance no. in the force
1: no it makes i really believe like Unchecked toxic followership could very easily lead to a toxic leader. You know, we're in a system where automatic emotions happen very easily. If you don't check that toxic follower, you're going to have a bigger problem because now you have new arrivals being mentored and led by a toxic leader who you let get away with being a toxic follower. And now he's creating his own or she's creating her own. So I think that's kind of the key. Uh, take away yes. from me, Brian. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. So, Ed, if uh, people wanted to ask us questions uh, regarding leadership or followership or just any any in general, they just want to know, hey, where did you get that cool hard rock, mm. hard rock Cafe hat? You know, something like that.
1: If they want to ask you something. Uh, where could they do this, Ed? Well, one, I got the hat from Munchen. Uh, <laughs> they could ask us at the Instinctive Influencers Social media pages on Facebook or yes. on the gram at 101 influence. They can also find us at YouTube. Subscribe, like, comment on YouTube, and they could hey, throw a question in the comments and we'll get back to you there too. So, those are a couple of them. And then, of course, there's always the trusty the instinctive influencers podcast website. You can find that with Professor Google very easily. There's 101. We've really got to work on the graphics for the show. <laughs> uh, well, they'll that, actually be, it'll look better at the bottom when I you, finish producing it. You would think that we'd have got this down by now, but we're not doing a lot of <laughs> lifelong learning if that's where we're at with graphics.
0: Is <laughs> this, it, it, it does the scroll by one. <laughs> oh, <is> that, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. But yes, check us
1: out. Social media, the website, the YouTuber. Check us out.
0: Out. Yeah, yeah. Let us know what you think. You can always and if if you know us and, um and you're friends with us on these platforms, because obviously, if you're not a friend with me on there, then you can't ask me anything because you can't see anything of me. You have to be a friend first. Um <laughs> ask us questions if you want to just like like I've gotten messages just like directly to me that Ed couldn't see through our thing, and he's also received the same thing. And hey, let us know uh what your think, you're yeah. thinking and stuff. Um But hey, next show, next show, Ed, we're going to hit upon a topic that you just brought up recently and we're going to talk a little bit about it. Um, We're probably going to be recording right after this. Um, We'll see see how much time you have. Um, But yeah, Um, but we're going to talk about a little about community service and we have a lot to talk about, but we're going to try to condense it enough to kind of like, and and I want to hear some thought process on that. But what is it out there, listeners, that you think helps create being a better follower that's my question for you today okay mm. what is it you think will help make you make you or help other people become better followers that will develop into leaders all right uh other than that Ed, i have nothing else unless you do buddy
1: no i think that's it uh, i think it's another great successful show brian
0: yeah it definitely was i've enjoyed it, it i always enjoy it. and i always miss it when you're not around so oh but <laughs> <dear>. <laughs> with that I am Brian. And this has been the Instinctive Influencers Podcast. We Thank you so much for listening. We hope you have a great day. Stay classy, San Diego. <laughs> that
1: was horrible.